Hey everyone, welcome to the Wild and Uncut podcast brought to you by Ruger. I'm your host, Christy Titus. Thank you for tuning in. The line is going hot, so let's go full send on this episode. When you know it's the animal you want to take, don't wait around. No. Because there could be things happening. He could chase that sow off and they could just be gone again. As soon as I hit send on that text message, I saw that chocolate bear coming in and I was like, oh. And then I text you, bear. And then you're like, what, what? (laughs) What's happening? So we have two bears that are giant. One of them's over 400 pounds. The one is just giant. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Idaho and bear camp with Yogi and I. Yeah, it's been fun. We've spent 17 days hunting bears. Yeah, total. Something like that. Roughly. It's been... uh, quite the journey. We're having our morning coffee. We're literally camping up to leave today. I haven't showered in four days. Yogi has, but I'm like more of a pig than you are. And uh, (laughs) we've had a heck of a trip. We're just missing Rocky now. Yeah, that's it. Unfortunately, he's, or fortunately for him, he's in Hawaii hunting Axis deer. Yeah, lucky Lucky guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not complaining because we've had a great great week here. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's like going to be 105 degrees today. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty crazy because we started out bear season. We went in April, April. Yeah. Um, to Eastern Idaho and literally got snowed out. Like, yeah, it was cold. Yeah. And there's no bears to be seen anywhere. No, it was supposed (laughs) to be 60 degrees and beautiful weather. And we woke up in a tent and it was 23, and we hiked up to the top of this ridge to do some glassing, and um, there was so much snow still. It was crazy, and it was literally like polar ice caps just, like, freezing over your face. And it was windy. 40, 30, 40-mile-an-hour 40 winds. Yeah, you couldn't even hold your binos steady. It was, it was not fun. It was not spring bear hunting weather. No, it, this is what <laughs> spring bear hunting is supposed to be. Like, you sit around camp, and you drink your coffee yeah. in the morning, and... There's bugs and life is good and it's yeah. comfortable and nice. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked at Yogi and I was like, I don't want, I don't want to be miserable. Let's no. get out of here. Yeah. We're staying in a tent too. And it was cold. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't nice. Like no. everything was frozen and. Mm-hmm. Which is why the bears weren't out yet. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. We have a friend up there running baits and he's like, um, I don't even have bears like hitting my baits. Like what? Bears might want to come back mm-hmm. <laughs> another time. So yeah. So then we came back here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um. In beginning of June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, even then we had bad luck with the weather though. We, like we got rained on, we got snowed on. It was cold for June. Yeah. Well, the first night in the stand, it was so cold. I was absolutely not really prepared for it because mm. it's supposed to be, it was 80 degrees in town and I brought warm clothes, but not for snow. I mean, I did, but yeah. not for sitting, sitting in a stand. Like there's nothing that's colder than sitting in a stand. It doesn't matter what you wear, what you bring. You need to bring twice what you think you're going to need because you're not moving for right. so well, and many the other hours. thing is we're using these climber stands in some of these locations and you get all sweaty when you climb in the tree wearing all these layers 
and then you're sitting up there and you just sit for hours and it gets cold and cold and it you know rains on you and you just get cold. Yeah, and Rocky, he's kind of known for Rocky Jacobson, I should say, is who we're up here hunting with also. Um he's known for like putting these stands at like 20 to 25 feet in the air because his theory is if you get them high enough <laughs> it doesn't matter what direction the wind blows the bears can't smell you which i don't necessarily agree with but your nose is like you're climbing your nose is virtually i bleeding. think my stand the first night was like between 30 and 40 feet <laughs> yeah, that might be an exaggeration but and that was my first time ever using a climber stand you took forever yeah. well to go i've never done tree. it before it was like what is this thing, you know? Can I trust these wires? Is this thing gonna, you know, slide down the tree with me, whatever? It's like, just be cautious about it, I guess. And it was getting, because I, I was sitting above you, still behind you, you know, to yeah. video. Yeah. That was the highest we've been in a stand, though, in on this trip. Well, the 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 thing is with those stands is, is the terrain. You know, we're on these big, it's, it's, it's Idaho. It's mountain country. It's really steep ground. So, when the bait is a little uphill from you, your stand has to be even that much higher to offset mm-hmm. the angle. Yeah. Like, like, so you're not looking flat at the bears. You know, to get flat with the bears, you know, you have to go 10 feet up to be at their eye level. And then, you know, you got to climb another 15, 20 feet right. past that. So, it's... Yeah. They're high stands and you were climbing and I could tell you were nervous. I've done a climber before, but it doesn't matter. I don't really like climbing in and out of tree stands. They always make me nervous. I'm like safety harness Sally. Like I'll, if it's super sketchy, whitetail season, I'll even attach my, my climber cord to the ladders Hmm. because, um, like I get stressed out. Like, especially if I'm wearing like 500 pounds of clothes. Well, this was the first time I, I used one, you know, so I'm, I mean, now I'm not worried about it. No. I'm, you know, I'm jumping between stands and... I, which I will not do. And um, climbing the trees and those, and it's it's not a problem. You just have to get used to it. You know, that was the first time I used one, so I was like, oh, okay. Well. Yeah, but you liked it so much you went and bought one. I'm like, I'm going to take this to Sweden. Yeah, I'm going gonna... <laughs> to put this in my suitcase and take one home. Yeah, I'm going to take one to Europe because uh, you, you don't have this stuff in Europe. People don't use this because most of the the hunting areas, like especially in Sweden, is it's private private, gra- uh, private ground or it's uh, government land, but uh, a privately owned hunting lease. <clears throat> so people put permanent stands up. Because they don't have to do this uh, public land hunting, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I want to take one. Oh, I've bought one. I'm going to take it over so I can um, I can climb some of the trees up there in, in different spots where we don't have permanent stands. And then, especially for scouting, you know, I want to sit up there with a camera and a spotting scope and get some different angles on, on some of the robux and stuff in the fields, which is it's going to be sweet, I think. Yeah, the the climbers, they do take a minute to get used to, but they offer you a lot of freedom mm. where you can move around based on the change in the wind or, mm-hmm. you know, if, you know, like for whitetail, I, I'm not, there's not a lot of, I don't know, I haven't been whitetail hunting where people use a lot of climbers, but man, they are so fast. So if, you know, you figure out, well, this whitetail buck is using this trail that's, you know, you've got to fit, move 50 yards to get that shot. Those climbers are so fast. Um, yeah. I think that we should try to look into maybe even bringing those 
this year for some of our whitetail hunts are um, sometimes the trees don't work for it. Some of them get pretty big, but mm-hmm. if it's in in a spot that we could use a climber, it would be, gosh, it would be so much faster and easier for yeah. us both to just say, hey, you know, we need to move over 50 yards. And that's what I did last year. You know, I had to move uh, my stands. Heck, we, you know, we were in one little drainage. We moved three times trying to get in the right spot where we had the wind mm. and the proximity to where, you know, this buck was cruising. Yeah. And, and then I, you know, I missed it because that happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, a lot of people want to sit in a stand and be like, no, this is my stand. This is where I have to be. And that's just not reality. Well, you, you know, sometimes you have to move around. Bow hunting, it's obviously because you don't want to be so close, you know, and you can yeah. move around with those stands a lot easier. You'd be more flexible. It depends on the trees, though. You know, these trees up here, they have a lot of limbs. So you have to find the right ones to climb because otherwise you'd do, be doing a lot of limbing yeah, on the way it's up. okay. Take your little saw. Um, but I mean, like for me, when I take this one to Sweden now, there's we have a lot of um, birch trees. They don't have any limbs until you get way up high. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be easy to find spots where I can climb. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if I can actually put it to use over there. This is your first year bow hunting. Yes. The wife introduced the husband to yes, bow hunting. She did. Yay. It's been fun, and I you I had enjoy your butt it. kicked though. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had uh, uh, lady luck on my side on these bow hunts, uh, but that's how it is, you know, hunting. And I mean, especially on this trip, I've passed on a few bears that I didn't want to shoot because, to me, they didn't look mature enough. So, but I mean, it's you know, it's been interesting to. To get into bow hunting, um, to be doing all the practicing with the bow, and I enjoy shooting the bow at the targets. And yesterday we we shot out to seventy yards. Yeah, I was good all the way to sixty with my bow, you know. And then at seventy, it started spreading out a little bit, and I was shooting low, and I didn't want to, you know, because when I move one of my side pins, I will have to move all of them and reconfirm all the ones, and I didn't want to do that, right? right now so I, i'm not going to shoot an animal that far anyway if yeah. i don't have to so um uh yeah i feel pretty good shooting out to 60 yards and that's that's pretty exciting you know that's it's only been like a couple of months since i started yeah literally pra- practicing with the bow so yeah no it's it's been fun and just not you know i, I just haven't had the luck with me to be able to uh, to actually shoot an animal with a bow but uh fingers crossed it'll happen here next couple of weeks. So we're in Idaho hunting is public land. There is people running baits here. There's hound hunters here. Um, but it's pretty crazy where we're hunting right now. We haven't seen any other hunters. Well, we saw one houndsman cruise through yeah. with a rig dog one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, we've not seen other hunters, no other bear baiters. No. Um, We've literally had this place kind of to ourselves, so it's been super awesome. But regardless of that, the bears are really flipping smart, like super keen. Like those big bears, we you spotted that one big bear. So we have two bears that are giant. One of them's over 400 pounds. One of them's in that 350 to 400 pound range. It's not as big as the other one. The one is just giant. Mm-hmm. Um, that one has never been to the bait during the day. 
And the other one that's in that 350 to 400 type range, that one's been to the bait during the day and you saw it. Mm-hmm. We came in one day. I was sitting above you in the in the stand behind you and um, I could see out through the like the, the trees <clears throat> out to our left. And I was just, I was looking, I was like, is this a, because it was in an old burn. I was like, is that an, like a burnt stump that I haven't picked up on yet or what is it? And then I saw it moving. I was like, Okay, yeah, there's a bin I told you, but you couldn't see it. Mm-mm, I couldn't see and it. And I video I got right some, next to me. Yeah, I got some video of it right through the trees there. That thing is there was a big there was a big bear, big head on it, you know, wide skull and um just massive body, little white patch on it. Came in downwind, of course. And yeah. it's like He was sitting there sniffing. And then he just turned and walked off. He's like, yeah. there's something not right about this. So and he just left. And that's why these big ones are so yeah. hard to get. And a lot of people, they're like, oh, you're you're baiting bears. That's cheating. It's so easy. And yeah. baiting bears is, from a conservation standpoint, predator management standpoint, um, sure, you could, you know, there's lots of bears we could have notched our tags on. Um there's bugs everywhere. Yeah, they're, they're coming. The last couple of days when it's so warm, the bugs have been out. And it's 7.30 in the morning right now and the bugs are already bad. You wait by mm-hmm. this afternoon. It's going to be crazy. But um, but the great thing about hunting bait is you have the opportunity to really get a good look at these bears. Every bear mm-hmm. we've seen has been a legal bear. Um, we've not yeah. had any family units come into the bait. But... I, you know, I don't want to take a two or three year old bear. I want to take a six to eight year old bear. And, you know, we've had that opportunity to really get a look at these animals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those younger bears, they're, they do come in easier and, and you know, um, they're just not as keen to the situation. And it is really tough to get the bigger ones. Yeah. Plus, they move a lot, you know. I mean, this is, like you said, this mountainous terrain and deep drainages, lots of timber. And I mean, it, you would have to spend two months straight up here every day with numerous baits, you know, and check everything, check your cameras every day to be able to pattern exactly what these bears do for movement. But <coughs> I mean, <coughs> those big ones, they've, they've been on camera every now and then, but it's not like we've been able to pattern them no. consistently, you know, because they, they have a big area range. that they, uh, a big range that they... Um, uh, that they frequent, and uh, also with the with the breeding season, you know, falling into this time of year, they they do move around, and they're not that easy to pattern. If they find a, a hot south somewhere, they'll be over there for a couple of weeks. You know, it's not like they're going to be at the bait just because there's fresh fresh bait there. No, they don't. So, they're not driven quite like that. Yeah. And it's interesting. Even the young ones, they'll come in, they'll spend fifteen, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and they leave. Yeah, they don't just sit necessarily and eat. And eat, neat, neat, neat. They kind of move along, and then a different barrel come in. Or, um, but I got very lucky. You know, this on our third trip, first night out, um, we've been splitting up. So I was self filming, you were self filming, and um, we rebated the bait together. And then uh, I pulled the camera card, and I climbed the stand, and you you left, and went to your bait, and I was looking through the trail camera pictures and um, the bear I end up shooting uh, was a nice chocolate boar and he was coming in with a black sow and had been coming in during the day. But also that 
that like 350 pounder that we'd seen with the white patch had been coming in, had came in once at least during mm-hmm. the day. And so I was like, man, um, there's three good bears that had been in during the day while we were gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, a storm started rolling in and weather started to change. And you literally text me. You're like, have you seen anything? I'm like, nada. As soon as I hit send on that text message, I I saw that, that, that chocolate bear coming in and I was like, oh. And then I text you, bear. And then you're like, what? What? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, because I think your message read something like, I asked you, have you seen anything? And you said, nope. And then that was like a message. And then the next message was bear and something. And I I wasn't sure if I should read it as no bear or if I should say, if it, if it was meant to say nope and then bear, you know? So I was like, what's she saying? And I was asking you, what's going on? And then the next one was, yeah, I shot one. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it literally happened in three minutes. Yeah. So from the time I texted him, nope, <laughs> I haven't seen a bear, to responding bear. Uh, and, and the nice thing about having the pictures of that bear, as soon as I saw... Well, it's the only chocolate bear we've seen on that we've had pictures of. No, we've seen a sow with uh, with yearling cubs. She was brownish, not as brown as that one. Yeah, though. but that was on a different bait. Yeah. Um, but this is the only other, I should say, the only legal mm-hmm. uh, color face bear that we've seen. And I knew he was, you know, good size bear. As uh, soon as I saw the color, I was like, mm-hmm. game on. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and it was actually pretty early when he came in it was only 7 30 mm-hmm. um, but that's the thing like like we were talking about earlier you're not able to pattern these bears consistently no. up here because they move around like that but the that's obviously you know doesn't make it easier Mm-mm. but then on the other hand because of their infrequent movement patterns and it could be any bear coming into the bay. Yeah. You know, you don't know. There could be a totally different one coming in yeah. that just cruised along this range and smelled something and come down to the bait that we've never seen before. Yeah. So that's the that's the beauty of it too. You know, you're sitting there every day, something could happen. Yeah. I always feel so. like if you have a bear, like that one had been in during the day for the two or three days prior to us sitting, mm-hmm. that bear had some confidence in that bait in the daylight. Mm-hmm. It, it felt pretty confident. It was a boar, you know, not an old boar, but a mature boar. So I think he's kind of in his prime, probably. He's been fighting. You can face with scarred up. up, So he's probably a little cocky. Uh, And he came in with confidence. That bear Mm -hmm. didn't even look around. He just, once I heard him, like he beelined to the bait. The sow, now she was a little smarter. (laughs) She circled and went around and didn't just run to the bait the way he, I mean, he like literally just. Beelined. Yeah. Well, you know, he's probably chased her off a few baits before too, you know. Well, she might be a little sketchy, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, no, that's, you know, you, you can tell the difference when there's a young one coming in or a mature one that's dominant, yeah. you know. Well, those young ones are qui- like Oh, they've quiet. been sneaking in. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah, they they tiptoe and they won't break a branch. And even the, the, the young ones we were watching this year, the first part of the season they were afraid to tip over the barrel, like terrified of it. If the barrel moved or did anything, they'd run and practically yeah. tree. Yeah. yeah. But now, you know, two, three weeks later. They've been getting used to it more and more. They'll tip. They'll, it's crazy. They'll grab the inside of the barrel and they'll just like, like curl it over. 
Yeah, like those arm little, wrestle. <laughs> you can tell too, by the way they flip it over, how big they are, how strong they are. Because the little ones, they have to put more effort into it, obviously. Yeah. The big ones, they just use one claw and it's down. <laughs> yeah. it's they're, And yeah. then it's really been fun to watch them roll the barrel a little bit to get the food to come out. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've learned, the ones that are smarter have learned that, like the yeah. one you passed on the other night, that thing just rolled the barrel, flipped it over, and then he just rolled it to get the yeah, food to come out. Yeah, and then he was out. holding it with one paw, you know, up, because it's kind of rolling downhill towards him again. He's holding it up so that it wouldn't roll over on top of the food that came out. Yeah. He's holding it up and then eating with the other paw. <laughs> That's pretty cool to see. But you see the difference, like there's two, those two little knuckleheads, we call them, they came in together like a young born, a young sow, like two-year-olds, probably. Um, they came in together and the sow, she wasn't as smart as the as the. Well, she was more born. timid. She was more timid for herself, but she was also, she was putting her head in the barrel, trying to get to the food. She stuck it in there like this, <laughs> trying to get to the food. Whereas the boar, he would just reach in and pull out a piece uh, of bread and eat it, you know. So it's interesting to see the different um, behaviors. Yeah, it's it's been fun. Well, yeah. I didn't even let mine stick his nose in the nope. barrel because, I mean, literally, the there was a storm coming in. The wind was starting to blow, so I'm in a tree, and it's starting to sway. Mm -hmm. And I know it's going to start raining, and I'm just assuming at this point that these things aren't going to stick around long once a storm hits. So that thing touched his nose to the bait. Yeah, so, and that's, you know, we've been setting the barrels to where that opening in the barrel is... Um, twisted. On a, twisted on an angle. Yeah. So if they, where the bears will come into the barrel and stick their nose into that opening, that broadside from the yeah. from the tree stand, which is perfect. And he did that, and you just that's when you hit him. Yeah, was perfect. Yeah, he was he was yeah. quartered away a little bit, which was even better. Um, and uh, the you know the 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 biggest thing I think if if you hesitate on that moment, um, trying to decide what you want to do or if you want to shoot it or if they sneak in on you and you're not ready and they tip that bait over and they lay down, they can get into a weird position and stay yeah. there, you know, for a long time and you you don't get a shot. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, man, I, I was ready. I had my bow in my hand and I did not wait. As soon as that thing, you know, was at the right spot, I mm -hmm. just, I mean, literally, I mean, I don't have 30 seconds of video of the bear. Yeah. Because I, I just, I mean, you, you sit for 15 or 18 days. I'm not. I'm not holding back. I'm no. letting it fly. <laughs> well, but that that also also shows your experience, you know, tree stand hunting, bow hunting. That you know, you have to do that for that one moment that you have. You might as well use the first chance you get. You know, when you yeah. know it's the animal you want to take, don't wait around. No, because there could be things happening. He could chase that sow off, and they could just be gone again. You or know? get a tickle in my wind and yeah. not like it and take off yeah. or whatever. That's the other thing in this terrain. The wind is really hard to pattern too because it's so swirly. We've we've had these baits on like hillsides and on little knobs in the terrain and the wind is swirling so much. Yeah. It's hard to have a consistent wind. Well, we're trying to have them on ridge tops, you know, on the tops of ridges. Yeah. <clears throat> so where you can have some drag, you know, below you and, yeah. or away from you and not, you know, right to the bait. You know, we're not in any bottoms. Where yeah, you have, have a, a predominant swirling. wind, obviously, but it's it's still hard, especially with the th this weather up here. You know, you've got the, the temperatures changing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's really warm and then really cold uh, in the evening. It gets colder in the evening. So that makes the winds change too, you know. Uh, and then the draws, the steep draws around those knobs. In the terrain, so it's not easy to have a consistent wind, which is why we've been using a lot of scent, yeah, uh, a lot of scent products to, uh, you know, yeah. to to just um, 
what's it called to uh, cover to cover our stand up with you know so Yogi uh, is German and Swedish so sometimes he gets a little lost in vocabulary yeah 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 I get lost in translation that's what happens to our marriage that's Mike. what happens what did he just say and then sometimes when I'm annoyed I just start speaking in a different language well it's when he wants to talk bad about me to his mom he does it in Swedish so I don't know <laughs> all the time every day <laughs> but no it's been a lot of fun we're using um the tink smoking sticks in the stands and on the ground and mm-hmm. it's interesting because the first time we used them the bear the younger bear came in and went straight to that smoking stick mm-hmm. it was it yeah, was pretty was interesting it. to yeah. see um but that it lets us know a lot you know a cover scent number one but then also lets us know what wind currents are doing yeah that's why i like using those smoke sticks because you can see the smokes and it how it changes you know so many times during mm-hmm. the during the day when you sit there. Mm-hmm. Now it's pretty handy to have those um, on the ground, but even in the tree with you, you know. We've so. had a lot of people, or Yogi's had a lot of people even uh, message him, you know, what's the key? You're hunting public land, being successful. What's what's the trick? And it's like, <laughs> there's no trick. Well, it's like... <laughs> there's no trick. <laughs> if you, It's like with any hunt. If you're doing... Uh, like, it's, if it's a do-it-yourself hunt and you're hunting public land... You have to put time in. Yeah. That's it. You have to commit to it. You have to, you know, you have to scout. You have to put time in. You have to be patient. You have to put a lot of effort in. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's what people a lot of times don't understand. We've been very fortunate here with with Rocky, you know, helping us. And he's he's done most of the groundwork with these baits. Well, he's hunted up here for 20 years. And luckily for me, you know, we're all good friends. And um, we were going to go to eastern Idaho. And he's like, look, Christy, I'm going to be in Hawaii hunting deer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I just tagged, he tagged a bear, like, first part of the season. He's like, I'm not, I don't need to use my baits. If you guys want to grab some bait tags and and come on up here, you're welcome, you know, welcome to come up here and, and hang out, and we did a bunch of we did a bunch of stuff on his new, um, the bull call series from Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls that's coming out this year, and filmed a bunch of stuff on that, and just got to spend a week in camp. I mean, Rocky's retired now, and uh, we actually planned we're doing an antelope archery antelope hunt with him in August yeah. now too, and and I mean he's been like he's been such a mentor to me. Uh, and, and such a good friend. I mean, him and my dad are friends, and so it's been nice just to get to come and hang out in camp and mm-hmm. and, and spend time with him and Rena. Rena yeah. came up, and we picked morel mushrooms. That was super oh, yeah. awesome. Didn't see any this this time. It's too last, dry now. Last yeah. time we came up, there was so many. Well, the snow had just melted, and I think that's key. Yeah. Because you couldn't even get in here until the, after the first week of June. Mm-hmm. It's too much snow. Yeah. Um, and the snow had just melted, and then we had a ton of rain, and those morels just were popping. We ate Plus you so can, many. We can see now to the change in uh, ground vegetation from last yeah, time we were thick. here. It's it's so much greener, and the ground's just covered. And it's dry. Yeah. Like, when we were here the first time, the ground was wet, and it's, like, super dry now. Like, the morels are, they're done. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun, um, you know, hanging out with her. You you found a deadhead. Yep, and Rocky found a really nice whitetail shed, and and I actually found one of Rocky's old arrows. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> like down, way down the hill from one of his baits, we were like just walking through there, looking for mushrooms and sheds and stuff. And I was like, "There's an arrow," so I picked it up and I brought it back. He's like, "Yeah, that's mine." <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it had lost one of the fletchings, and that was it. Yeah, 
And then he was like, yeah, I remember this one. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah. no, that's, it's been, a, it's been a good time. It and, is a good time. Well, yesterday we were sitting, we didn't see nothing all day. We made the perfect bait. It was so good. I would have, you know, if I was a bear, I would have laid in it. Well, you thought about it anyway. It was a good bait, really good bait. But yesterday... There's nothing going on. Nothing. It's really got... Well, what happened is we're sitting in the bait where I shot my bear. And since I shot my bear, those bigger ones haven't been back. Yeah, but I mean... I don't know if that's necessarily a direct correlation because Rocky took his bear. Yeah. Which was a big... Rocky got a 19-inch bear. On a different bait. On a different bait. And then Nick came in literally just a couple days later and he shot a 19-inch bear off that bait. My bear is probably 18-inch bear, hmm. but I mean the other. We know that there's two bears yeah. in the area that are bigger than my. But I bear. don't think that affected anything. I mean, obviously the sow that was uh, the that good-sized sow that was uh, with, the bear. with your boar that you took, she obviously might have been scared off, you know, yeah. after you shot that one. Uh, but but she didn't know really what happened. All she knew, because I she didn't see me and she didn't catch my wind. All she knew is that boar walked to the bait. Yeah. And something happened, and he, like, when I shot him, he growled, yeah. you know, like this crazy sound. And then he kind of ran off and kind of towards her, so maybe she was just thinking he was chasing her. You don't know. But the other thing is she she probably came back and sniffed him when he after he died. So I'm assuming that would have scared her off, you know. Who knows? Yeah. It's, um, she never came back. But it's I don't think it, had, it affected any of the other bears that we've seen on camera. Um, I mean, I, the day after I set that bait, when you went uh, to town for that meeting, and um, I, I had those two little knuckleheads come in, you know. So I don't think it. But whether you should believe these things or not, like with the hunt calendar you've been looking at, those were the two days we had almost 100 uh, percent hunting opportunity. And then yesterday, when we said it was only, it was down to 45 percent. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much you're gonna put, you know, how much you want to put into that. But there was nothing going on yesterday, apart from um, a tree that fell behind us <laughs> that thing crashed we didn't see it but it was like woof and it came down and we're like okay well after i shot my bear the other night uh you know we had an hour and a half of daylight left normally you know i would have probably went and recovered it but it was pouring rain it was pouring and it was thunder and, and lightning thunder, yeah and it was windy just nasty and i was walking mm-hmm. out through the burn and there literally was a limb. I heard it coming. You know, they call him a widow maker out west here. And my uncle was a timber faller. He got hit in the head with them and has not, I mean, he's been messed up for mm-hmm. life. And I heard one of those things coming down out of the trees. And I ran and tried to hide next to something to, like, break it if it hit me. Because, yeah. like, those things are bad. And I was like, man, I got to get out of here, like, pronto. I did not want to be yeah. in anywhere in that vicinity you know, you don't want to be yeah. around that one. When, well, when the stuff other starts thing is, over. the other thing is, you're, you're, you know, you're battling daylight. Daylight when you when you're going in after an animal that potentially could be wounded, and it's a it's obviously a predator, a big big animal that can hurt you if if it's wounded, and you, you know, you you don't watch it, so you you might as well leave it. It was cool enough at night. You might oh, as yeah. well leave it overnight, and then we. We went the in the next. Was good. Yeah, we went in the next morning early, and we found it like fifty yards from where <laughs> you shot it. Well, so. I literally heard it <laughs> go down, not twenty seconds after I shot mm. it. It was such a fast. But it ran over a, over the hill, 
and then down, and then you must have heard it just crash into that log where yeah. it was laying when we found it. Yeah. But you don't know, you know. It could have been it crashing off down the hill too, mm -hmm. running away. So, And then you don't know what the terrain looks like down there. It's pretty thick in some of those places. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and I certainly wasn't going in by myself yeah. uh, to do that. So, yeah, we came back, and, and the, the meat um, is pretty funny because um, Rick from First Hunt Foundation, he hunts up here, and he's got a great foundation, and he's doing a a luau with his church. And so he's going to serve some of the bear meat at the luau, uh, mm -hmm. which will be super fun for people, I think, yep. um, to get to experience that. So I gave him both back straps and I gave him a hind quarter and he's going to take that and awesome, yeah. serve it up for the luau. Yeah. Have them uh, have them try that. That's good. Pagan bear. Yeah. And all in one. Pretty sweet that he, uh, he uses the bear meat for stuff like that. Um, yeah. And that you can, you can show people that even though you're predator hunting, uh, predator management, uh, some of the predator meat you can use for human consumption. You know, black bear meat's fine to yeah. use. Um, and uh, we're I taking the rest. Of, we're taking the other three quarters home, and yeah, and uh, we'll make that into sausages or yeah. whatever. But uh, it's beautiful meat. Yeah, no, it's the good. hind quarters had literally like oh, yeah. three inches of fat. <laughs> it was crazy yeah. how much fat was on. And the And that's hindquarters. now in june and all they do is eat every day until they go and den up in october yeah and i imagine how much fat they have then well like a pig if you're growing a pig for fair or whatever they put on three or four pounds a day mm. i bet you bears they you know or, or some some yeah. type of you know there's got to be some sort of like mathematical ratio of the pounds they put on a day but i bet you it's one or two or three or up to four pounds mm -hmm. a day even depending it on what depends on the area and you know how the how the weather is and the conditions you know obviously and how much food they have they put yeah. a lot of uh, weight on every day and we could like we talked about that yesterday those little um uh, two three-year-olds that we've seen on the baits here the difference in in them f now from like two weeks ago oh the, the night and day difference they've grown mm -hmm. they've grown you can tell and um yeah they need to though i mean if you sleep for half the year and that's what you live off like your uh, energy and, and fat that you live off through the winter when you're sleeping. That's that's what you need. <laughs> so. I'm uh, I, I'm prepared to den up all the time, really. I Is just it? I just like to just maintain it to where I could, you know, go into a deep sleep. And you I'd also like fine. to sleep a lot. I do like to sleep a lot. I do. I can't help it. I get tired. Well, your pr your preferred uh, food source is obviously jalapenos. jalapenos. <laughs> Which tell us a story about yesterday in the stand. Oh. <laughs> well, my favorite thing, obviously, is Juanita's chips with uh, sour cream, salsa, and jalapenos. And uh, I decided it'd be a good idea to eat those at lunch yesterday. And <laughs> that is not a daytime activity that you should ever do and then go sit in a tree. My stomach was on fire. I wanted to die last night, and it was not good. Just don't do it ever, <laughs> ever. It was funny. Oh, it wasn't funny. You were actually cramping at times, I think. <laughs> I cannot believe you're talking about this. What? This is this is uh, raw and uncut. It's part Wild. of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was... Mm, yeah, I... Uh, not good. Was, Wild I made and it uncut it. with Christy Titus. Oh boy, yeah. I uh, <laughs> we survived the whole ordeal. Yeah. Thankfully. No, it's been it's been a fun experience. So, like for me, like we said, it's the f 
it's only my second bow hunt yeah. that I've been on. The turkey hunt was the first one. Yep. Um, I didn't get lucky on that one. I didn't tag out on this bear hunt, uh, but it has been a new experience for me uh, in terms of um, sitting a bait uh, for a bear with a with a bow. You know, I've I've hunted bears a lot, mainly in uh, British Columbia uh, and in Alaska, but those are all that those have all been spot, spot and stalk, stalk hunts um, with rifle. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, it's been a new experience and a very interesting experience. You know, I mean, I've I've baited other animals before. We you do that with the wild pigs in Sweden. We we hunt them over bait. Um, we've hunted wolves in Canada over bait. Um, so that's not new, but just the combination of hunting a bear with a bow and sitting over bait has been a new experience. It's been very interesting, you know, and it's been a good time. And I mean, I've seen a lot of bears, so. That's uh, that's the good thing about it, and uh, I've chosen to pass on a few bears that I didn't want to take, and you know that's also part of hunting. You, you you make your own choice. I mean, I don't have to fill a tag just to fill a tag. It's uh, for me, it's more the the experience and then the, um, the conservation part of it too. You don't want to shoot a bear that's not mature Mm-mm. just to shoot a bear. Mm-hmm. You wanna you wanna take the bear out of this population that you think is the one that needs to be taken out because it's mature enough, it's done its thing, um, and you're helping you're helping the uh, deer and um, elk population, obviously, taking out the mature ones because the younger ones haven't, younger bears haven't learned yet to kill fawns and, 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 and calves, you know. They, they, they are still in training for that, so they're mainly browsing around, feeding off the ground. But the big mature boars and sows, they... They kill a lot of uh, deer and elk, mm-hmm. uh, calves and fawns. So, um, which, if you're a deer or elk hunter, you really should take it upon yourself to to make the time to hunt and help manage big predators. Yeah. I, I mean, I I'm a firm believer in that. Like, I try to kill a bear every year. Mm-hmm. As weird as I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say I just want to kill a bear, but I feel like there's not enough. There's a lot more deer and elk hunters than yeah. there are bear hunters. And yeah. that balance is really important. Well, so I, I yeah, really try to it. make it a point to to take a big predator every yeah. year. Everybody everybody that has the opportunity and the chance to do it. And I mean, it, there's chances and opportunities for everyone to go and, and take a, a spring black bear, you know. Because there's many states that have over-the-counter tags. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a fun experience and it's a good way to contribute to the... Uh, game management and the conservation side of uh, of wildlife, and um, I think it's you know it's a good it's a like you said it's a good way to uh, to um, to help the populations of the animal of the ungulate that that you will hunt in the fall, you know. But not only that, spring bear season, like this is chill. Yeah, you wake up in the morning, you know, you can bring the whole family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's warm. Your kids, if you have them, can be running around riding bikes and doing whatever in camp, yeah. and and you know, you have a nice family breakfast or lunch, and uh, go do some sightseeing during yeah. the day. Pick mushrooms. That's it's it. chill. It's it's a chill hunt, and and you know, you hunt your afternoons and evenings and. It just makes a really easy pace. They're late nights because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously your best time 
your best hour is the last hour of daylight. Yeah, so, so, you know, you, you do have some later nights, but yeah. it's a fun hunt for oh, everybody, yeah. you know, to come. and A lot of times you can com- com- uh, combine it with fishing, Yeah, you know. Well, and it's a great hunt for kids, too. Yeah. Um, you know, sitting in a stand, if you don't want to do a tree stand, you know, you can do ground blinds. And, yeah. and you know, kids are old enough to have that attention span that can sit still. Um, it's a great way for kids to mm-hmm. go on a hunt, too, and, and have, you know warm conditions and good yeah. weather and it's fun it is fun and it's it's a, a relatively oh, inic- hold on you have a new friend it's like really it was what crawling creepy crawly down um what was i gonna say well it's a relatively inexpensive form of hunting too yeah. you know i mean obviously non-resident tags aren't cheap but <laughs> i mean well but they're cheaper than yeah. a lot of other hunts you know yeah and you even have a wolf tag in in your pocket too you know on this hunt because that's also part of it if you have an opportunity which is very rare on a on a baited bear hunt that you have a wolf come into the bait but it could happen i've had it happen in bc yeah and then if you i mean might as well uh help manage the wolf population you know when you can and they're so hard to to hunt anyway and so hard to uh, manage with the the hunting methods we're allowed to t- to use on them. Yeah. So um, you might as well have that. And it's uh, it's just a good way to contribute to the to game management, I think, in general. Yeah, we're going to yeah. come back for antelope in August, and I'll still have the wolf tags. So. There you go. <laughs> you never know. I doubt we'll see wolves down where we're antelope hunting, but... Uh, you never know. Like it's always you said, good to have that ooh, tag it's in windy your pocket. Today. It is windy today. It's nice, though. It's going to break the 104-degree... Mm-hmm. Uh, heat wave that we have yeah no it's been fun it's been a really good time and i like it yeah now we're on to uh hopefully africa where maybe you can fill fill a a tag (laughs) with your bow yeah yeah it's gonna be exciting it's just it's less than a week away yeah we're gonna be in africa uh with good friends uh and uh, in an awesome area with uh, beautiful lodges and beautiful scenery, lots of game, mm-hmm. and um, it's just going to be a really great time. I keep telling people, like, with all these borders being shut down, and North American hunts in the United States for, like, elk and mule deer, if you want to go with an outfitter, they've become so costly. Mm-hmm. Africa is such an excellent option because there you can travel there. Number yeah. one, we're going to South Africa. You can travel there and you can go on an African safari, have a cultural experience unlike anything else, family friendly, and for the same price as a mule deer or an elk hunt with an outfitter in the US. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and you can shoot numerous species. Yeah. So it's, it's an awesome experience. And, um, I mean, I go to Africa at least once a year anyway, so I'm used to it. But for you, it's going to be the second time only yeah. going to Africa. You went to, Nam- you went to Namibia, Namibia a few years back, mm-hmm. and uh, now we're going to South Africa. I mean, and it's, for me, just to go is not the point. It's it's to go and hang out with friends, you know, and have a good time. So it's you and I going, and then uh, we'll have a couple people coming that will be hunting with us, uh, mm-hmm. some of my clients. And um, one of them has actually done a shooting class at your house. At the range, so... Well, they did the... They purchased the SCI Share the Impact donation that I mm. uh, donated for a fundraiser. Saf- Safari Club did a Share the Impact uh, 
in response to COVID. So they did a huge fundraiser where all the monies go to struggling guides and outfitters, uh, mostly outfitters, I guess, to yeah. distribute that money to help them kind of stay afloat during this economic downturn thanks to COVID um, and the craziness that that caused. So I donated an experience, a long-range shooting experience at my ranch, and the gentleman that's going to Africa with us purchased that uh, shooting experience. And, you know, he had such a good time. He, he booked a trip to come to Africa with us, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to have just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And then, uh, you know, for for you, it's going to be a totally new experience in a way. Yeah. Yeah, know? I've done it once, and this will be my second time. But I'm going to try to bow hunt, spot, and stalk. Um, you're gonna bow hunt uh, kudu. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get a kudu uh, with my bow, but I'm gonna do it from a blind setup, just because I don't feel confident enough yet that I will be able to spot and stalk and then actually pull off a shot with a bow. Well, and you know, who knows? I may end up doing the same thing. I'm I'm gonna try, being the operative word, uh, spot and stalk. So mm. we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, no, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, we'll you'll like it, it there. I mean, I love that place. I've been, I've been there. Every year since 2006. So now, you know, that's 15 years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's it's one of my favorite places in the Limpopo in South Africa. And it's, you know, good friends of mine. And that's the main thing. We always have such a good time and the food's amazing. And it's just, the atmosphere is just great. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be awesome. And, um, from there we're going to Sweden. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a busy month. Straight to Sweden and then uh, we'll do some more robot uh, scouting, hang out with my family. Pig hunting. Pig hunting, go boating, fishing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Eat fun. some good food. Again, a total, totally different culture and, uh, you know, uh, cuisine and all that stuff. So it's, yeah. We're trying to travel as much as we can internationally still, even though uh, a lot of the countries are restricted and stuff. But this, uh, it's going to be a really good month. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. We appreciate you guys joining us today from Idaho's backcountry, yep. public lands, enjoying our uh, our opportunity that we're given as Americans. We're very blessed and privileged to have the opportunity to hunt places like this oh, and, yeah. and have people that, you know, from from near and far, you know, be able to come and experience this stuff with us. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed this, this hunt recap and kind of behind the scenes on... Mm-hmm. What went down, and we'll look forward to seeing you all next time. Sounds good. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. Thank you for listening to the Wild and Uncut podcast. If you would like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to my Pursue the Wild digital series on YouTube and follow me at Christy Titus on Facebook and Instagram.